Welcome back to another episode of Sips with the Tips, a podcast about savouring the sip, whether that's coffee, cocktails, whiskey, wine or whatever. My name's Nikki. I'm Daniel. And we are the Tips. Thanks very much for joining us for episode three of Sips with the Tips. A uh, quick recap on the first couple episodes if you did miss them or perhaps you've forgotten. Uh, the first episode we covered off a bit about the best beginner whiskies. Last week we talked about the hows and whys of savouring the sip or kind of why to put emphasis on your experience and your enjoyment of beverages, whether it's coffee, cocktails, whiskey, wine, whatever. Uh, and um, the reason I bring that up is that Perhaps that episode is worth revisiting before listening to this one, episode three, because we're kind of, in a way, we're following on that conversation, aren't we? Yeah, it's that same kind of train of thought. Yeah, we're we're sort of following the tangent today with something quite similar, and we will get to explaining that shortly. But first, I just want to say, looking out the window... It's absolutely gorgeous. It's the middle of winter, and honestly, I feel like it's summer. The sun has been beaming for like two days now, and I can't get enough of it. I'm so ready already for summer. Oh, it's good. And that's kind of influenced our drink of choice today, hasn't it? Oh, completely, yeah. We're going for something caffeinated as we're recording a little bit earlier, and we were thinking, oh, let's have an iced Chemex, let's do this. And then we're like, no, it's still winter. Keep it with a hot (laughs) beverage, calm down. Yeah, Plenty of time for hot, uh, cool beverages to come. That's exactly right. We've got a long summer ahead of us. We will get to the ice stuff in time, no doubt. But today we are going with something hot, and i got to say... I tried this this morning and I am extremely excited. So week one, we covered off whiskey. Uh, Last week, we had a wine. This week, we're moving on to a coffee and we've got a really tasty wee number to share. Um, Coffee, I would say, out of all of the things that we talk about on this podcast, coffee, cocktails, whiskey, wine, whatever, coffee, hands down, just takes the cakes for me. Like, not to speak down to the other ones. I love whiskey. I love wine. I love port. All of those drinks that we talk about, I love them all. But coffee, if I had to pick one, that's my go-to, right? Well, how do you feel? Is it the process for you, or I don't know? Why does it stand out so much? I don't know. It's just it's one I I find myself I get quite emotional about when I really think about the kind of like we spoke about last week the the whole process of getting the coffee to you know to to being in front of you and then you've got like the final few steps to take to make it as tasty as it can possibly be. Is it because be. you get to brew? Quite possibly. So you play yeah. more of an integral role in how the de- like the end deliverance is, whereas yeah, yeah. with whiskey and wine, you're just so, like pouring yeah, it out. Precisely. All the work's been done up to that point, and then I get the opportunity to either make it sensational or horribly wrong. Mm-hmm. And I kind of like that that part in the process that I get to play. Nah, I'm not as into that pressure. I like just pouring <laughs> out a nice dram or a glass of wine. I yeah. think whiskey or wine has it for me. Do you remember the first time you had a coffee that just like blew your mind? I think it was probably the first time I actually had like espresso black. Oh yeah. Yeah. Was it in like Italy or something or? I think it was in Paris actually. Oh yeah. But yeah, I just remember being like, oh, this tastes different to my instant. Yeah. Like I was like, this isn't what I thought coffee tasted like. I remember trying the espresso and I haven't tried it in France. Maybe I have uh, in Italy and I was really underwhelmed by it. Super dark roast. wasn't really to my flavor. I quite like the fruity stuff, but I remember mine vividly. It was in uh, St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, I was out out for a coffee with a friend there and got a what I thought was a black coffee, like a long black kind of yeah. thing. And they brought me out a Chemex. I'd not seen one of these before. I was like, what the hell is this? And poured it out and it just completely expanded my mind as to what coffee could taste like. Fruity, berries, sort of tea-like notes. It was just mind-blowing. Come back to New Zealand, bought a Chemex straight away and have never looked back since. So today we've got a beautiful sweet coffee and that coffee is... 
So this is from Mojo Coffee in Wellington, and it is the Couchere Grade 1 from Urgerchefe. Urgerchefe. <laughs> you nailed that. I ju- yeah, so, you yeah. know. <laughs> uh, some people may be listening thinking, what did she just say there? So more commonly, Urgerchef uh, is how that one's said, but I think the closest approximation we could find to the proper pronunciation of it is like Urgerchefe, Urgerchefe, Urgerchefe. <laughs> You know where we're talking Quite about. Quite the tongue twister. It's yeah. in Ethiopia. Ethiopia. And it is grown between 1,800 and 2,000 metres above sea level. And it is naturally processed. So that just means that all the coffee cherries are kind of laid out to dry naturally and they're not soaked or don't have any machines involved or mm. anything like that. The OG method, really. Yeah. And it is Ethiopian land race and it is $18 for 200 grams. Yeah. And with free shipping too. Kudos to Mojo for that. They're one of very few coffee roasters in New Zealand that I know of that actually do free shipping. So that's why I keep buying free from shipping them. in New Zealand. Free shipping in New Zealand. Sorry. Just, you know, be mindful that. of the international audience Though, that we have. I do think they're shipped to Australia. So oh, do they? I'm pretty that's sure they're Right, so if you drink coffee, uh, you will know what we're in for. Urgeshef, a region known for producing stunning, flavorful cups, uh, normally quite heavy on the fruity kind of sweetness. Uh, usually these are roasted light and served as a pour-over. Oh, a little bit of a yarn about that, so a uh, bit of behind the scenes. Our go-to brew method at the moment is with a uh, Wakako Pico Presso. So it makes so like a, cute. Uh, so good. I love the compactness of it. We'll save that for another episode because yeah. I specifically want to do an episode on that and kind of other brew methods. Um, but anyway, to give this coffee its kind of due, we wanted to make sure that we were using a pour-over. So this week, I realized, shit, we don't have a pour-over. Traditionally, always have a V60 and a Chemex in the cupboard. Um, we had a Chemex in the UK, didn't we? But yeah, we had to condense our coffee-making equipment mm. quite significantly when we moved over from Scotland. It d- yeah. doesn't travel well, does a glass Chemex. <laughs> no, um, certainly not. So, yeah. So I was going to go out and buy one this week, but thought, no, look, I've had two Chemex before. I think maybe it's time to try something different. So I f- did my research, found something online, bought it midweek. Should have been here by now but it's bloody well not. So kind of threw a bit of a spanner in the works. Had to think about how we're going to brew this AeroPress the way it New Zealand delivery times are as relaxed as the Kiwis are. Oh, they're up to shit. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's not it's, great. It's been the biggest learning curve for me. Like no next day delivery from ASOS anymore. No. It's, it's But kudos to Mojo Coffee though. Their shit always gets here overnight. I think they deserve some credit for that. This this package I bought came from Tauranga, and it's been three days now, and I haven't seen a squeak out of it. Mm, but Wellington I wonder who they overnight. use. I don't know. It doesn't, right, matter. Anyway, it, it doesn't matter. Anyway, we were thinking about how we're going to brew this coffee so we can actually bring out the notes that deserve to be brought out and come across uh, a brew method recommended by uh, the YouTube channel The Real Spromethius, which he calls the No Press Aeropress. And effectively, it's using the Aeropress, um, which is a brewer, uh, as a kind of filter pour-over device. So Aeropress, just briefly, is one of those devices that um, you pour, put the coffee inside a main chamber, you put water in there, and then it's got a piston goes on, and you basically force the coffee um, or the water through the coffee um, with a bit of hand pressure. It's a brilliant wee device, perfect for camping, and I remembered we had one tucked away in the back of the cupboard. Didn't really want to use an Aeropress uh, for this Ethiopian coffee, but when I found out that you can do it as a pour-over, that definitely piqued my interest. So gave it a go this morning before we um, before we sort of got onto the episode, and was blown away with the result. So we're going to try that again this afternoon. Yeah, the noises he was making it while drinking it. I'm quite excited to try oh, this one. Quite good. But look, <laughs> it was long, a bit inappropriate. Long story short, we've got an Ethiopian coffee and we've got a quasi 
pour over kind of brew method. Now we're going to have that for our Sunday sip and then straight after the Sunday sip we're going to follow on from last week's topic of how and why to savour the sip but this week we're going to expand on it a wee bit by talking about how and why to capture that information. Following on from that, Nikki, what have we got in the news? We've got a few headlines this week. So supposedly the world's best Scotch whiskey has been named. Pabst Blue Ribbon are releasing a really big box of beer. (laughs) And there's a couple of new distilleries announced. And Martin House Brewing are doing some weird stuff again. Each week as well, you'll remember that we ask a question of you, the audience, and uh, we're going to share this week's question at the very end of the episode. But first, I wanted to say a big thank you for your feedback in the last week. So last week, we asked you which is most important, presentation, aroma, flavour or experience. Yeah, so this follows on from last week's topic where we were talking about the hows and whys of savouring the sip. Savouring sort of comes in a few forms, right? How it's packaged, how it's presented what it smells like, what it tastes like, what the mouth feels like, oh, and uh, what the experience is like when you're having that. And we got some pretty interesting results, yeah? Yeah, really interesting, actually. So we had 6% said that it was presentation most mm. important. No one said aroma. Yeah, Zero. I'm, we'll come back to that. Uh, 69% said flavor, mm. and 25% nice. <laughs> said experience. I'm really quite shocked by those results. 6% present... Okay, I kind of understand that one. That's The presentation's sort of by it's the It's a little bit niche, maybe. I really thought someone was going to say aroma. For me, I would have said aroma. Well, if it smells like shite, I'm not going to drink it. Yeah, well, I, I just think the, the aroma lends itself so much to the flavour. Yeah, I mean, each to their own. 69 flavour, 25% experience... Thought it might have been a little bit higher on the experience. Like I said last week, you can have a crappy drink uh, and a good experience that elevates the whole thing. But if you have a good drink and a bad experience, it sort of yeah you know, takes the wind out from underneath it, doesn't it? And we had um, a comment come through from Jordan who said experience beats all else and that wine always seems to taste better at a winery, and he's which not he's wrong not wrong about that. Yeah. Thank you very much, Jordan, for that. And thank you to everyone that took part in this week's question. Uh, We will have another one at the end of the episode. But for now, I'm going to get brewing, and we'll be back with our Sunday sip in just a sec. All right, two coffees brewed and in hand. Our Sunday sip for this week from Mojo Coffee Roasters in Wellington is Koshere Grade 1 Coffee from Urgshefe in Ethiopia. They've roasted this one light. It's perfect for filter and um, to bring out some of the like tea notes, kind of berry notes. And we're going to try this and we're going to talk through it, aren't we? Mm-hmm. We'll start off with Excited. the way we always do, right? Packaging. What did you think of it? It's nice. Like it was white, nice typography pretty plain yeah they kind of lean into the minimalist thing quite heavily don't they it's, yeah it's, it's coffee packaging it doesn't really make me feel any certain way i've seen better i've seen worse it's yeah some roasteries have real nice like graphics that they get involved in yeah. there as well but this it was it was minimalist it was cute i liked one, it one thing i wish they did that um you remember artisan roast in edinburgh they used to do this they always sent out like a wee tasting card i suppose that is more like waste or whatever but it always had like a nice graphic on it and told you a bit more about where the coffee was grown a bit of history about it and that sort of thing i did quite like that touch um i haven't found anywhere here that does that not like an essential it doesn't make or break the experience but yeah but it could be nice something or a little qr code on packaging that you could scan and then watch a little video yeah just on the bag yeah that'd be really cute wouldn't it yeah nice okay so on to the um the liquid itself brewing it was like it was fine it was a bit of a thrown together method obviously we had the (laughs) the aeropress uh the no press aeropress on top of a bloody big jug that i found to pour out a couple of cups it was 
Yeah, it didn't look very pretty. We won't take a photo of that one, but um, you know, we're just stringing things together for the now. Um, the liquid in the glass, I was quite surprised this morning how much clarity I got in it. It was like super see-through. This one here is a little bit, little bit less so, um, probably because I did a bigger brew of it. But I think it looks pretty oh, it nice. Was clearer this morning. Yeah, it's got nice, like a nice red, uh, ready brown to it. The way that kind of you know the way Chemex really picks up that like red color yeah 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 this looks super beautiful in the light i'm getting something quite similar here like if i hold that up out here yeah don't get me wrong it looks like coffee <laughs> but it looks like coffee that's gone through a filter and is, is yeah yeah, yeah. it looks, it looks clean juicy. clean that's a good yeah. word yeah okay so let's um have a sniff what do you think definitely getting berries i get a quite like nice toastiness like biscuity if you get what i mean by that I'm getting blueberry, yeah. like oh, hard definitely. and strong. Yeah, from don't get me the wrong. Like it's a, it's an Ethiopian, right? It's, yeah. it's pretty heavy on the sweetness. Probably yeah, yeah. should just clarify that. I'm just pushing that aside because that's kind of a given. But yeah, it's very sweet smelling. Definitely leans into the berry fruit. Sort yeah, of. I like the way it smells. It makes me salivate. It's um, it, it's going to be beautiful. I can tell already. <laughs> Why did that sound so creepy? I, don't know. I like the way it smells. It makes me salivate. <laughs> like. What? <laughs> That's kind of what we do on this podcast, right? It does smell good, mm. but yeah, I'm not quite as sinister about it. All right, we've probably sniffed that enough. Let's uh, let's have a taste, eh? Do you, yeah. do you cheers a coffee? I Why not? Um, Kampai. Happy Sunday. <laughs> oh, that's lovely. What's your thoughts on it? Light, fruity, clean. Mm. I'm getting the tea notes coming through really strong this time. This morning... Yeah. I brewed it with a little bit of a different brew ratio, so different water to coffee ratio, because uh, it was just for myself. So that cu- that cup was much sweeter and kind of more leaned into the blackcurrant blueberry sort of flavors. This one here, it's a lot more like tea. This is going to sound really weird, right? Mm-hmm. But it feels like it's cleaning my mouth. Oh, yeah. yeah I, I know I it's that. not, mm. but I feel like my mouth is cleaner. After I've drunk it. It is super light. Like it sits Not on in an acidic, acidic kind of way. That's no, not no, what I mean. No, no. You know what I mean? It's it, just like yeah. a little... Like I've taken my mouth through a car wash, but for mouths. Oh my God, that's brushing your teeth. <laughs> <laughs> that's Sorry. pretty much what you just described. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, Back I think... This. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It, like, it sits quite light on the palate. Like, and that's just when you run anything for, through a filter, right? Mm. Filters have different thickness. That's why the Chemex is like super... like crisp and like clean feeling because yeah. the paper's real thick this one here is an aeropress paper so it's like you know, it's moderately thick there's, de- there's definitely thinner there's definitely thicker but it's cut out a lot of the um like body and oils and things like that uh so it is sitting quite light it's so gentle. Mm. so gentle so so gentle yeah. gentle's the right because we actually went for a run this morning and i was a bit like oh i'm not gonna enjoy a coffee like after a run mm. like that might be a bit harsh on my like palate or stomach i don't know sometimes i don't really want something strong flavored after a run but this, this is, is like perfect this is one i kind of want to sit like cross-legged in a garden and hold it with two hands and sip it really slowly and there'll be like bird song around you mm. and maybe a bird comes and sits down near you mm. and you feel like you have a moment of connection oh, with yeah, that bird yeah, yeah and i, I tell you that. what i reckon this would slap with some ice Oh, yeah. like if we had it on this ice, I reckon this would go really hard. It's light. It's refreshing. It's It's got the nice tea notes. There is that bit of sweetness. I definitely could have brewed it a bit sweeter if I had got the numbers kind of down a bit more. But I like it. You? Love it. Really nice. Really clean. Yeah. Fruity. And what's Mojo telling us we should be tasting? So Mojo have said this natural land race varietal from Ethiopia has a soft tea-like body oh, yeah. with notes of Assam black tea and black currant. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, definitely the black tea. That's yeah. got that kind of 
yep, that flavour to it. The black currant I got more strongly this morning, but again, I might have nailed the ratios a wee bit more then. So it's grown by the esteemed producer Mercuria Mergia. Sorry if I butchered that. That sounds right. This coffee comes from the mountainous region of Kushere, where the rich red soils of the area give the coffee a great deal of complexity. Yeah, I don't know if I'd agree with the complexity. Again, maybe we didn't quite nail the, the brew method. Like, we've only tried it two times. Maybe I could have got the grind a wee bit finer or something like that. And we'll experiment with it over the week. I'm sure we'll get it nailed before the jar's out. But yeah, dead happy with it. Yeah, maybe when you do it with a proper pour over, it'll... It'll pop in different ways. Yeah, not that kind of thrown together contraption that I've got over on the bench there. But thrifty. anyway, we were thrifty. We were thrifty. No, we right. weren't because we've got one in the post. Yeah. Never mind. We, we made do. Okay. We made do for the time being. But look, that's our Sunday sip for this week. And much as with last week, uh, that kind of covers off the how of savoring the sip. You know, we, we ran through what it is that we look through uh, presentation, aroma, flavor. And experience, the four kind of keys that make up one of our sort of tastings, if you will. And look, everyone has their own way of savouring the sip or going through an experience. This is ours. Everyone can do it differently if they choose to. And last week, we also discussed the why. Yeah, the why of kind of elevating that experience. Mm. And I think that comes down to adding an element of mindfulness and gratitude to the process, mm. just to kind of think about everyone who's been involved and how lucky you are to be a part of that and just yeah, add a bit more depth to the experience in that way, as well as, well, yeah, it ties in with the gratefulness, but the respect for the craft. Yeah. Yeah. You think about how many hands it's gone through, right? Like so many people have years, I don't know how long a coffee tree takes to grow, but years and years and years ago, a farmer planted this coffee tree with the hope and expectation that one day it would be a fruit and he'd be able to sell that and make, make a living, right? Yeah. That's one hand. And then you think about all the farm hands that have helped him out. Maybe you got his family involved, all that sort of thing. You know, they've got to buy things for the soil, they've got the processing, they've got the packaging, they've got the importing, exporting, blah, 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 blah. And at so many on. points, so much could go wrong oh, as well. Th- this is, again, coming back to the reason why I love coffee so much and, and wine as well. And if we maybe take a step back for just half a second, coffee might seem like a bit of an unusual fit in this podcast at this point because, like, we tend to kind of focus on more alcoholic drinks, whiskey, wine, cocktails, beers. We discussed whether or not we should put coffee in, and I think a big part of the reason, tell me if I'm wrong here, that we left coffee in is because the process is so similar in a way to what wine goes through, where like you are relying on nature to give you something that you can turn into a product, and at any point along that process, a multitude of things could completely fuck it up. And for it to get to this point where we're sitting here with a cup of coffee that tastes beautiful, that's... like a miracle and it's also i think as well it's like that level of appreciation doesn't have to be reserved for an alcoholic product Mm. i don't know what it is but it just seems alcoholic products oh it's fine if you do a whiskey tasting it's Mm. fine if you do a wine tasting coffee tasting is just viewed differently when it's like what's the caffeine alcohol what what's yeah what's the difference i mean it definitely exists in certain circles there are groups but it's much less mainstream is what i'm saying probably i think if you invited some mates around you said hey we're going to taste some nice bottles of wine they're like cool you're like hey we're going to taste some nice coffees most people probably be like oh Anyway, that's a bit of a sidebar. We're talking about the number of hands, right, that touch that touch the product yes, and kind yes, of get yes. it to this point. So that's sort of the why we should savor the sip, just out of respect for those number of mm-hmm. hands and, and the process and everything that sort of goes into it. Today, uh, for our sort of main topic, we want to cover off a bit more about how to capture that information because it's one thing to go through and savor the sip, right? But then in a year from now, you think, oh, what was that wine that I had? 
at dinner that time that I really ah, oh, I, I don't I'd even remember most of my down. thoughts like ten minutes after they <laughs> happened. You so. are a bit goldfish sometimes. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. So today we wanted to cover off sort of how and why to capture that information. And look, I'll give you the short answer before we get into it. The short answer is start a journal. Now, there's a couple of ways you can do this, right? So you could do this in like a physical notebook. If you're the sort of person that finds it, you know, quite mindful to write down all of those things and you've got legible handwriting, obviously, mm. it's whatever suits you. Like you could do it as I've seen people do it um, through drawings or paintings as mm. well of the experience or digitally as well as the other option. And there's so many nice ways to do that. And then you can tie in different um, kind of information points and tracking and all that kind of thing into yeah. it. But yeah, ultimately it's like whatever way suits you. If mm. that's a rating out of 10, if that's really descriptive language about it, or if it's just pictures, uh, yeah. happy sad faces. Like I, I love the romance of the physical journal, like the art of like writing down. Oh, yeah. And, like, you know, having a special place where you collect your thoughts and like the the thought of like drawing a nice picture of it or something yeah, yeah, that yeah. just sits so beautifully with me. I don't have good handwriting and I love data. So that's just not the one I use. I personally use uh, an app called Day One, which is a like journaling app. I've used it for years, just as a personal journal, but then kind of thought, oh, maybe I should use this to capture some information. So started off with a, a wine journal and this was after reading Oh, I can't remember the name of the book. It's like a guide to wine by uh, Madeline Puckett. Wine Folly, was it not? Wine Folly's her business, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, she's yeah. a sommelier in the US and she's got a book. Um, I'll get the name of it and mention it in another episode, I'm sure. But uh, she sort of suggested, here's the things you should run through if you were keeping a wine journal. And I was like, yeah, that's good, but I think I can do that on my app. So I set it up on my app and now I use it for uh, wine, obviously. I use it for coffee. And I've been using it more recently as well for whiskey, and I bloody love it. So I've kind of gone through and sort of borrowed elements of her template. I know she's just put out a new book. I saw it on Instagram the other day. It's like a beautiful, uh, like hardback tasting journal. That leans quite heavily into wine, though, and I want something that can capture a bit more. That's sort of why I do the digital thing, plus get a few more metrics and shit with it, too. Um, but there's a few things that I like to cover off as a sort of standard. And again, these are sort of borrowed from Madeline and, and Wine Folly. So always start off at the top by listing off the producer. So with whiskey, that would be something like, um, you know. A, the a, distillery. Yeah. So what do we have the other week? Uh, Belvini Doublewood 12-year-old yeah. would be the title. Um, with a wine like last week, uh, Forest Albarino 2021. With this one here usually just like the name of the product. So like Cocheray grade one or something like that. Something so that I can look at it and immediately see the headline and be like, great, yeah, I remember what that was. The second thing I always do, and this is something I think you quite like, is always take a picture. I love that, yeah. It, it's, it just captures it so much better because you can tell me the name of something and all that kind of thing. And I'll be like, oh yeah, I kind, kind of remember that. But I like just feel like the picture captures the moment so much better. It does. And like down the list, I'll get to it shortly. But one of the things I think is important to capture and again, follows on from last week is the experience. Yeah. And a photo really helps to highlight sort of where you were or who you were, that kind of thing as well. Uh, so the next one, and this is one I do with, with all three, so wine, whiskey, and coffee, is cover off the region where it came from. So in this instance, it would be Koshere uh, Mountain Area, wherever that is, Judea Zone or whatever, Yugoshefe, Ethiopia. And then I put a little flag emoji i love the flags i think it's really cute (laughs) it's just a little thing i do uh and then what i also do with the region is i usually uh location tag that region of the world and the reason i do that and why i would recommend day one for this purpose is um you can you can sort your posts by location 
So with like my wine journal, I think I've showed you this before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I go to the map or whatever it is, the map setting of my post and then zoom out, I can see exactly where in the world I've tried wines and coffees and whiskey from. It's quite sweet. And then like you can roll around and be like, oh, okay, I haven't tried much from the sort of west coast of America. Maybe I should sort of hone in on trying some more wine from there. And I think it just gives you a nice sort of global snapshot and almost an appreciation as well for just the way the sort of world works. And how expensive like the origins of the products you've been trying are. Yeah. You know, lets you see like, oh, I've I've been all over the world through my palate. Definitely, definitely. And it, quite cool. The other thing is, and we'll come back to this soon, is it can kind of highlight some some trends for you, but we'll talk a bit more about that shortly. Uh, the other things I like to capture right at the front are variety. Um, so, you know, Pinot Gris, Pinot Noir, um, Albarino, whatever it is, or this one here, um, Ethiopian heirloom variety, um, yeah, whatever it is. Uh, then I move on to other things, so that just depends on which journal it's in. So uh, with whiskey, it might be ABV, with wine vintage, uh, with whiskey age statement, with coffee, I like to capture the uh, altitude if that information's available, and usually the way it's processed. So this one's a natural, sometimes you know washed or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then specific to coffee, I always like to say who it's roasted by. So this one, Mojo Coffee in Wellington, and what the parameters of the brew were. So I haven't really noted that down today, but that would be, say I was brewing a Chemex, I might say uh, I poured in, you know, it was 15 grams of coffee ground to this setting, I poured in 30 grams of water, let it bloom for 30 seconds, uh, then added water in these increments, and the total brew time was four minutes. So Mm -hmm. that way, if if it come out perfect, which it does sometimes, you get that kind of God moment where it's like, oh, everything's come together beautifully, I can do it again tomorrow. I don't have to go back and be like, ah, how much did I pour in and when did I pour it? It's all laid out for me. So I think that's an important one to capture specifically with coffee. And maybe with wine, if you really want to geek out, you could put like what temperature you served it at, if you decanted it, how long for. Like there's really no limitation to to how you can detail this stuff. Uh, The next couple of things, Nick, what what have we got on there? We then would run through sort of more simplistic things like price, tasted on, so the date when Mm -hmm. it was first tried, the location of that and the experience. So like, what were you doing? How were you feeling? All that kind of thing. And that follows on from the picture from earlier. So that's just, I like to say, yeah, exactly what was going on at that point. And I mean, you could maybe expand on that. I think for the people that thought that experience was sort of the main part of the, of the sort of savoring the sip thing. um, Maybe you'd want to say how you felt, who you were with, what you were doing, what you did that day. Uh, You can really be as expansive on that as you want. I normally just write, you know, um, Pizza night at home with Nikki. Exactly. Ate it with a croissant, uh, whatever it is. So just to kind of capture it a little bit more than what's just in the photo. And then we move on to the quite traditional things. So really just what we've spoken about. So presentation, how it looked, aroma, how it smelled, uh, taste, how it tasted. Maybe, you know, was it sort of quite a clean cup? This sort of felt light in your mouth, all those sorts of things. And then the final part, and I think the most important, is you've got to give it a rating, don't you? A million ways you can do this. You can rate it out of 10. You can rate it out of 5 or the way we do it. Emojis. We've got four emojis to pick from. A sad face, a meh face, a happy face, and a drooly face. And I tell you what, not many of them get the drooly face. It's a big day when someone gets a drooly face. This makes us sound really sad. (laughs) But hopefully someone else out there is resonating with this. What I like to do every now and then is go into my journal and you go like search by keyword and then I just put the drooling emoji in and just take a wee snapshot of all the beautiful drinks I've tried over the years. And it's really quite a nice reflective meditative tool. Um, Let's just go back to this uh, wee number from Ethiopia for a moment. 
what yeah, uh, what rating would you give this one here? This cup specifically. A happy face. Yeah, I'm going to give it a happy face too. Wasn't quite drooling status. I hoped it no. would be, but I feel like if we can nail down the brew method a wee bit more, and I think we're going to be there by the end of the week, we will report back in episode four. I think we're going to get that to a drooly. I feel confident about it. Mm, big talk here. So just running through that one more time, the uh, the kind of method for capturing the experience, producer, a picture, region, variety, any other information specific to the product, price, date, where you had it, what the experience was, and then presentation, aroma, flavor, and of course the final verdict, the all-important four emoji rating. Now, you can pick and choose out of those and do it whichever way you want to do it. Again, you, you don't need to take any of those you can drill down on things like experience you can maybe just draw pictures it's entirely up to you and that's the beauty of it but the final point we want to get to is why should you do it yep so firstly we kind of think that the main reason is why to do it is it lets you recall with accuracy those like experiences and products that you really liked Mm. and lets you have access to that detail that you might forget like you might remember like me earlier oh I I think I tried an espresso in Paris but I'm not sure you could just flick back through your notes and be like oh yep it was on this date at Mm. this this cafe I tried it and it was this method and I thought this and I think a lot of people would have that experience too right they've you know went somewhere and had a wine or whiskey or something that just blew their socks off and someone says oh what's the nicest wine you've tried and they think oh yeah it was that I can't I vaguely remember it but I don't remember I don't know yeah Yeah. now but if you're journaling right you can just and really all this is is just an excuse to fill in a journal like you pull out your journal or or your app or whatever you can go through and then you see oh yeah right it was uh, a petit verdot and it was in a cafe in nice and i had this experience and oh, i was with these people i'd forgotten about them and it's just it, it's a good way to recall special memories because often when you're having nice coffee or nice wine or nice whiskey it's often with a nice experience it's yeah a good way to recall that and it also lets you pick out trends we kind of touched on this a little bit earlier mm. but it really lets you see what kind of styles are jumping out at you what do you are you consistently rating high and what are you consistently rating low as well yeah. so it'll help you realize maybe it's all your dro- drooly face or whatever your metric is are coming from a certain region in spain so then you realize and then you know, you know that you can go back to that area yeah definitely and that's why i quite like the digital version of it because you can sort of drill down on those metrics a wee bit you just search by whatever rating you want to look at uh whether it's good or bad maybe you think oh where's where's the shit wine from and you look where you've given the worst ratings and you say oh they're all concentrated in in this area yeah and then you know you know not to try stuff from that area much anymore so yeah trends i think is a, is a really beautiful reason to do it the other one and i touched on this before i really like uh through the digital method is having that map it just gives you a nice appreciation of the world and it's exactly the same as what you just said you can zoom out and see where have I tried most of my stuff from and what did I like the most out of that? And I think the final point just to kind of hone in on for why you should be tracking these experiences mm. is because it just goes back to that mindful gratitude aspect of it that forces you to think a little bit more deeply about yeah. these experiences and consider things holistically rather than just, you know, consume and go, consume and go, consume mm. and go. It actually makes you stop, take a bit of time and really like, calibrate your thoughts for it 
it's one thing to live an experience, but it's another thing entirely to like capture it, isn't it? Yeah, and be able to go back to them so accurately. God, they sounded poetic. I know. Yeah, that's Quite good for me. profound today. Maybe it's the caffeine. Coffee's doing yeah. good stuff to me. But look, there it is, the hows and whys of keeping a tasting journal. I hope that does help you out. Again, you're free to adapt that whichever way you like. But I think we would both agree and champion that it is something certainly worth doing if you are looking at savouring the sip. Time now, as we do each week, to head over to the Booze and Brews news desk for some news headlines from the drinks world. Nikki, what's making news this week? So the world's best scotch whiskey has been named, according to the 2022 San Francisco World Spirits Competition, and it is Ben Romick, 40-year-old. So this is a Speyside whiskey and it is exclusively in first fill all of Russell's sherry butts and bottled at cask strength of 57.1 ABV. And it comes from Ben Romick, obviously, a 125-year-old distillery, which today is managed by Gordon and McPhail, who are an independent bottler out of Elgin. Yeah, I, I can imagine that one's going to be sensational. We've obviously not tried the 40-year-old. I imagine it's probably a little bit out of our uh, price bracket. It's a little bit pricey, 40, yeah. Yeah, but Ben Romick whiskies we have tried. Yeah. Very enjoyable. So yeah, really enjoyed it. Surprised. What Ben Romick Organic, is, I think, was one we really liked. Yeah, I think that was one we had most recently, wasn't it? Yeah, I think Sounds so. right. PBR, so Pab's Blue Ribbon Beer, has decided... <laughs> Bigger is better and launched a 1,844 pack of beer. Wait, 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 wait. wait. The pack of beer has 1,844 beers in it. Yes. So six pack, 12 pack, you've got an 1844 pack. Okay. Um, 1844 obviously being the year that PBR was founded. Ah, Yeah, okay. That Um, makes way more sense. Yeah. yeah, Carry on. Um, So this is just purely done for marketing and they haven't really hidden from that fact. Mm. They just, it's obviously... Huge competition in that market, and they just wanted a bit of a, a bit of a stunt for that. So yeah, Google that if you want to see some funny pictures. It's huge. And then Smirnoff owner Diageo has confirmed it will wind down its business in Russia by mm. the end of the year. This is following suit from a lot of other companies who have done the same, with Brown Foreman, Pernod Ricard, and Edrington all having suspended sales in Russia. I'll be entirely honest with you. I'm kind of surprised it took them this long. I know, but part of me is a little bit like. I obviously understand why and you don't want to be funding all that kind of thing and it's like a decision of who the business looks like they're supporting. Mm. But, oh, Smirnov would have had some amount of jobs in Russia That's and it's true. like just civilians that are trying to make a living that are going to be suffering from that. Yeah. You know, it's hardly going to impact Diageo's sales that badly. Yeah. You know, they'll, they'll make it up somewhere else. But headlines like that just kind of tear me morally a little bit because I obviously understand why, they do, why they're doing it. Mm. But you just think mm. of the, you know, the men yeah, and women the who work. Impact. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It's a very empathetic way of looking at the world. Well, you know, that's me. Just yeah. an empathetic gal. Yeah. <laughs> um, anywho, there are also two new distilleries to announce this week. So one quite close to home for us, Scape Grace Distilling Company has announced plans to develop the largest distillery project in New Zealand, mm. as well as a new one in Inverness in Scotland. Ulevaist will be opening in November 2022. Yeah, very exciting. Ulevaist, of course, being the uh, Gaelic word for... Monster. Monster. Love it. And our final headline today comes from Martin House Brewing Company, who have planned the launch of a hot dog water flavoured hard seltzer. Uh, wait, what did you say? Seltzer? <laughs> Is that not? Seltzer. 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 <laughs> it's like I couldn't say the word funeral until I was like 12 years old. So yeah, I think okay. this is another one of those. Hot dog water flavored drink. How about that? I don't know how I feel about this. That I'm not going to lie. I think it sounds disgusting. disgusting. 
like I love hot dogs, but the thought of the water that the hot dogs have been boiled to death in, like I'm thinking about like little frankfurters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that's what I think it's going to be. No, it seems quite sinister. They've done some weird stuff before they haven't they? Yeah, they are known for their outrageous brews and have previously created beers such as Space Pizza. Um, and they also reportedly once created a brew in Ode to the film Elf. So it was called Cotton-Headed Ninny Muggins, and that was made with maple syrup, M&Ms, and spaghetti in the tanks. These guys sound weird. I do not want to any part of that. <laughs> it I feel like it would, just, it would just make me bulk. Oh, like, it's probably not so much the flavour. Maybe it actually tastes pretty good. It's just the thought of, like, hot dog water. Like, I can't think of anything, like... Well, oh. But it's, it's also, it's just, like, it's not something that people have, like, admitted a guilty pleasure in. You know the way yeah. people love pickle juice? Yeah, and that, yeah, yeah, Like, yeah. you know... Pickle juice. Well, that's a whole genre of drinks, right? Like picklebacks and yeah, stuff. Yeah, hundred percent. But that's kind of along a similar vein. But hot dog water is not one no, I've ever seen no. people be like, "Oh, give me a glass of that." That reminds me of that trend. Like, remember a few years back when it was like bacon flavored everything, and they were like making bacon flavored beer and bacon flavored chewing gum and bacon flavored toothpaste and like all the things you wouldn't want, all the times you wouldn't want to taste bacon. They're like, "Yeah, let's make it bacon flavored. They'll make headlines." Feels kind of a bit like that, don't you think? Yeah, a little bit. I don't know. I feel like they're just they're just trying to be weird for the sake of being weird. Yeah. Yeah, it works. We're talking. Someone about probably it, right? threw it in a meeting as a joke in like a brainstorm <laughs> or something. I will do that, and then someone was like, "Amazing!" and they're like, "Oh shit!" Maybe the intern was just eating a hot dog, and they're like, "Wait a second. <laughs> yeah, nice. Give that man a pay rise. Uh, anyway, that concludes this week's booze and brews news. Thank you very much, Nikki, for the headlines. And our final part of the show is when we ask our question for the week ahead. Obviously, last week's question: Which do you think is most important in savoring the sip? This week kind of follows on from that a wee bit, doesn't it? So this week we are going to be asking you: Do you keep track of good and bad sips? And if so, how do you do it? So if you've got a journal, if you've got some, uh, you know, fandangled uh, app or something like that that you use that you quite like, we want to hear your recommendations. Share them with us this week on Instagram at Sips with the Tips and we will report back next week. As well as that, if you ever have any questions or feedback or comments or anything you'd like to get shouted out on the show, maybe you work at a company and you want to get a wee shout out, please do send them through at Sips with the Tips or of course you can email us the tips at sipswiththetips.com. the last call bell for this week but before we do wrap things up I do want to say an enormous thank you to you once again for listening to this week's episode a rather long winded way of describing how and why to keep a tasting journal look if you have enjoyed the show we would really love it if you could let us know uh, you can just simply leave a, a rating or a review on uh, on whatever podcasting 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 <laughs> you can tell we're getting to the end right whichever podcasting platform of choice uh, you know whether it's Apple Spotify Amazon whichever one you're using just leave us a wee review or a rating or if you want to drop us some feedback we love hearing from people yeah as Daniel mentioned earlier he loves data so uh, just let us know as much as you can about your experience <laughs> and then he can like chart yeah. it in line with the stars yeah, nice. or I'm not sure what his math is going to be on this one but maybe I'll make a uh, listener journal no that's not going to work Tell us as much as you can, though. Where are you listening with? Who are you listening with? Are you listening by yourself? Are you on a plane? Are you on a train? We want to know. What's your star sign? <laughs> like, literally <laughs> maybe, tell maybe us Maybe don't get into that territory. But look, we would, genuinely, we, we would love to hear from anyone Do that's listening. Do you experience intrusive thoughts? And if so, let's talk. <laughs> yeah. Look, if you haven't put a podcast out there before, it's one of those things. You just kind of put it out in the world and you get some ratings. Like, it tells you roughly how many people have, like, downloaded it or whatever. But you don't really know how it goes, how it's being received. If you are enjoying it or if you're not 
please do let us know. We yeah, if it's shit, tell us. We genuinely would love to hear from you with any feedback possible. Today's show was brought to you by the thousands of hot dogs used by Martin House Brewing Company to make their hot dog water. What became of those hot dogs? Where are they now? Did the staff eat all of them? We would really like some answers on this. Tips with the Tips is written, recorded and produced by us. Theme music by all good folks via upbeat.io. Keep in contact at our website, sipswiththetips.com or through our Instagram channel at sipswiththetips. And as always, sip sensibly. Savour the sip. We'll see you next Sunday.